We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Here on Roto Grinders, I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's uh, it's Friday, Friday, June third, and I'm I'm still trying to get adjusted to Eastern time, right? That's why I'm a little late, a little late. I've been getting up later. I was on Pacific time for a week, right? And now everything's three hours late. I, my body goes. I don't know. I don't know why you get it. Oh, oh it's ten fifty. You're like, like, and it feels like it's like eight o'clock in the morning. So. So sorry about that. Uh, yesterday, uh, base, baseball. We, we we talked about baseball yesterday. Of course, uh, I, I I played the Mariners. I played the Orioles. They did great, seven to six. I had the Rockies, whatever. Then the Braves just did everything, and they were chalk. So I died. I died. Travis Darno killed me, and everyone like that. So it, it was it was good while it lasted. 
I was doing pretty well until the Braves actually the Braves chalk actually actually worked out. Uh, but uh, but yes, yeah, so that was yesterday's baseball. But today we talk about MMA. That's what we do on Fridays. That's why the thumbnail looks different, right? The red red thumbnail Mondays look cool. That's Monday has a different thumbnail. Friday is a different thumbnail. And uh, and if you want, I am now part of the the premium MMA team. I'm not, I'm not on the, I'm not on the graphic. They didn't put me on the graphic. Uh, yet. Let me go to the more sports right. and the MMA team. Right, right. Well, they put they put they put Mike. They put H Street Buddha. They put Squirrel Patrol. Right now, see, I'm oh okay. Well, I'm part of this graphic, right? Part of this, and then I'm also on the the grounded pound. Premium. It's the premium breakdown. Oh, I thought it said premium beatdown. But there I am. So. We, 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 we did what? last? Yeah, we recorded yesterday. So last night, that was what? An hour and 45 minutes. So Liam, Mike, they break down the fights. Me, I just come in and say, I don't I don't know what these people are, but here are the numbers. And this is a who, what's the efficient ownership? What's the line of construction going to look like? All that type of stuff, the DFS strategy related stuff. So if you want to sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium, I mean, you can just sign up for MMA if you want, but I mean, I think you, you get the combo premium. You get everything. You get baseball. You use it for the basketball playoffs, right? Right. The Celtics came back last night. I heard about that, right? It'd be, you, you could use it for football when it comes around. MMA, golf, whatever. So sign up. Click that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. I'm also uh, part of the, the expert survey for MMA. I have to, I have to in, input my my stuff for there. But I mean, you'll, you'll hear so, some of my thoughts on on fridays on friday's dfs pregame show anyway but uh if you want to be part of uh now now that i'm part of the mma product you could sign up and get 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 more of my stuff there behind the paywall not much much of my stuff is behind the paywall but that is so the mma ground and pound premium podcast premium breakdown i thought it from the from the from far away it says premium beatdown that's what i thought it said i know it says breakdown Premium. If you want to get a premium beatdown, right? If you want to get, if you want to get your ass kicked, sign up for Combo Premium. Okay. Going through the YouTube chat. Uh, people are talking about baseball, right? Suki Singh, obviously here, as early as possible. Talking about Braves chalk. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on about baseball today. I just woke up. I just woke up, and we're talking about MMA anyway, right? Uh, let's see. MMA Fridays, Metal Alloy 419 is excited. Kickstart's excited, right? Dad, Devin, Devin's in the chat. Yeah, it was looking. Yeah, the, the Baltimore, the Mariners, and the Orioles were doing great yesterday for me. And the Braves had to show up. Okay, so let me turn this off. Let's go. Let's go over here. Uh, to to my to my trusty spreadsheet. It's a 14 fight card. Okay, it's 14 fight card tomorrow. Starts at one o'clock Eastern. Okay, I got to make sure I'm up early for this. Uh, so, so make make sure you get your lineups in in time. This is, this is an early card, but it's 14 fights. The past couple of cards have only been like 11. Okay, so understand on a 14 fight card, I, I mentioned it on the on the the ground and pound on the ground and pound premium podcast that on a four the the larger the card gets the more you should be focused on getting like ceiling ceilings, okay? It's very, it's very, very similar to, to any other sport, right? On a 14-game on a MLB slate, like 
If you're stacking a team that scores five runs, that's not good. That's probably not good. Because there's so many other teams that could outscore that. On a six-game slate, five-game MLB slate, maybe the highest-scoring team only puts up five, six, seven runs. So if you wanted to stack, you know, a team against whatever, it's like, ah, okay, they could do well. That's fine. But on a 14-game slate, you're probably not stacking teams that, you know, the Pirates against the good pitcher or something, you know, like really bad stacks. But it's very similar in uh, in MMA. So, like, we have fights. For instance, like Damon Jackson. Like, he's going to be chalked, right? Damon Jackson, minus 145. Alonzo Menefield, minus 165 inside the distance. This uh, Fak Redinadolf or whatever the hell his name is. Renat Fak. Fak Red. Red Reddinoff, Redinoff, Redinoff. I have to say that a million times. Like some of these guys with the Gravely, this Gravely Munoz fight, the the Saint Denis Stolze fight, the Selecki, the Selecki fight with what uh, Alex da Silva. We have Evloev. He's a heavy grappler. Like Blanchfield Jackson and Evloev, and even Fakradinov are grappling heavy. So like, there's gonna be a hundred. There's gonna be a hundred plus point scoring on this slate. So, like, playing, like, for instance, the Herrig-Kalvokavich fight, which is the most likely to go the distance, they don't grapple much at all. Probably standing up. Like, people will say, oh, I'll play Kalvokavich at 7,900. If she scores 85 points in a win, that may be good for 7,900. Well, on a 10-fight slate, maybe that's true. But on a 14-fight card, that, that may not, that, that, that won't be enough. That probably won't be enough. We're, like, on the low end. Like a lot of people say uh, for, for the low-end fighters, they go, how much do you really need? If J.J. Aldris wins and wins with a 70-point decision, like that could be fine. Yeah, it could be fine if like multiple 9K fighters put up like 120-plus points. And the only way to fit them in is by having a $6,600 fighter. But if that doesn't happen, like it's quite possible that an 80, 90-point score from even like one of these low fighters may not even make the optimal. We saw like a couple of slates ago, Petrosky in the first fight, he put up 90, 92 points, right? Something like that. Uh, he put up 92 points and uh, and he was, didn't even make the optimal. He made the winning lineup. Going through over here. Okay, going through this. Let me fix this. Hold on, I got, I got my computer rebooted, so I got tons of stuff in different places. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fix this. I gotta fix. So let, let me, let me be back because I got windows that have just moved everywhere, and I'll be back in a moment. About the technical difficulties. This is what ha- this is what happens. I come back. I come back from vacation, right? My I got. I, I'm on the wrong time zone, right? My my computer has to do a re- restart, right? You always like, oh, we need to update the operating system with all these this stuff that you don't even notice anything's changed, but it has to change all of your settings. For what I have a I have Windows uh, organization mode. And that's off, and now things moved around, and like, how do I get it back to the way it was? It's like, why do you do this to me? You re- and you restart in the middle of the night, right? You restart in the middle of the night, you wake up, you sit down on your computer, and next thing you know, it's like, what happened to my computer? 
Why, why did you have to update? I don't need to update anymore. I don't want to update anything anymore. Never updating anything ever again. Okay, so what were we talking about? Okay, we're talking about <coughs> large MMA cards versus smaller MMA cards. Okay, so just think logically. A 14-fight card, you're most likely going to need six winners, the six highest-scoring winners, most likely. The, the, the only chance that uh, a top six scoring winner wouldn't make the optimal lineup is if it's impossible due to salary to fit all six in. So if Blanchfield scores 150, like I'm just using example, exaggerative examples. If Blanchfield, for instance, so we go here, like let's say Blanchfield puts up 150. Damon Jackson puts up 150, like a ton. Evloev, you know, crushes, right? Like, these three, and let's say uh, fact, fact, whatever his name is, fact read it off, he puts up 120. Well, these four, I mean, you can't fit two more fighters in this for 6150 each. No, they, they, you can't. You're not able to. So if these four were the highest, four of the top six, then a top six fighter would not make it into the optimal lineup. But let's say the top three, let's say the three most expensive fighters crush right? Well, the only way you could fit these guys in, right? 7167 is the average remaining salary. So there's you know, it's a combination of three of the bottom couple of fighters that you'd have to put it in. So it's quite possible that let's say, for instance, well, you're not going to play Blanchfield Jackson Evloev's opponents. So you put Mikolitis, right? 7250, Mikolitis, Almeida, I mean, there's not many combinations. You probably shouldn't be playing all three of them together. There aren't, aren't that many combinations of the other remaining three fighters. So, like, in the case where Blanchfield, Jackson, and Evlo have put up 150-plus points, which is probably unlikely, uh, a low score from, like, Mikolitis at 68 points could possibly make the optimal lineup. So, like, the... The low, lower price fighters just making value relies more on, on if they make the optimal on the high price fighters than they do themselves. Now, obviously, if the low price fighters put up 120, right? They're most likely optimal, right? Okay, because of their price, because every other fighter has to beat them at that point. But these low price fighters don't get in the mindset. Too many people get in the mindset of making value. That's like a cash mentality. For GPPs, you have to think in terms of, I, I in MMA, my goal, if you just set your goal, MMA, I want 100 points from all my fighters. Can I get 100 points plus from all my fighters? Now, a lot of times you need more than that. A lot of times you need 110 on average, right? Sometimes the winning score, 725 is the nuts, right? You see very big scores on slates, especially with that when there's more fights. 14 fights on the card versus 11 versus 10, right? So don't get in the habit of what do I need, right? So I like I take a look at the main event uh, tomorrow, okay? The main event tomorrow is Alexander Volkov versus Jerzinho Rosenstruck, okay? Volkov, he's a, I mean, this is a heavyweight, this is a low pace heavyweight fight. Okay, Volkov is not necessarily really a finisher. He's the, he's the better skilled fighter, but most likely if, if he wins, it'll be a decision. 
right? Most likely. Rosenstruck is a power puncher. Think of Derek Lewis, like that type of fighter. Uh, he's more likely to get a knockout, but he's not, he's not high. These guys aren't high volume. Volkov's higher volume than Rosenstruck, but Rosenstruck isn't high volume at all. Rosenstruck could go an entire round and only throw five, five strikes, right? He's that type of fighter. Okay. So at 8,600 and 7,600, okay. We're kind of in the mid range for, for price point. Now, if this was a 10 fight card, I'd be, I'd be more likely to prioritize this fight. Cause I mean, that there's only 10 fights to choose from. This is the only fight that goes five rounds. So it's like, okay, well, Rosenstruck, even if he went, if, if he goes five rounds, he probably loses the decision in five rounds, but let's say he doesn't. Rosenstruck may only score, I mean, without knockdowns or anything, Rosenstruck may only land 10 punches around, maybe. Maybe he only scores five points around because he's very low volume. Five points around, that's five. Five times five is 25, and he wins with the decision. That's 55 points, right? Let's say he gets 10 points around for five rounds. What's that with the win? If he wins a decision, that's 80 points, okay? Now, obviously, if Rosenstruck knocks Volkov out in the first round, that's 100-plus points. But let's say Rosenstruck knocks out Volkov in the third round, okay? Right, he knocks him out, but, I mean, he only gets 10 points for the first round, maybe, and that's high, right? I would think more like five, but let's say 10 points in the first round, 10 points in the second round on just, you know, strikes. He's not wrestling, right? So that's 20. Then the third round, he, he gets another 10 points, right? Third round, that's 30 points. Then And the knockdown, because he's going to knock him out, that's 40 points, plus the 45 points for the, the bonus for winning in the third round. That's 85 points, okay? Now, at 7,600, that's good, right? You're, you'd be happy with 85 points on average. For seventy-six hundred dollar fighter, but is it going to be is it going to be good enough on this slate on fourteen fights to make the optimal lineup? Maybe not. There's thirteen other fights on this slate, and there there's some fights that uh, don't look to go the distance, even in three rounds. Then you look at Volkov. Like, look, if he goes five rounds, ten points around, and gets a decision, that's what eighty points. No knockdowns or whatever. If he if yes. In the first or second round, right then, then we then we kind of flirt with a hundred points. But what past past the second round and probably past the first round, neither of these fighters are likely to get a hundred points. I, I don't unless Volkov mixes in some grappling, which against Rosenstruck, I guess he could. I mean, he's not known for that, but he could just stay on the outside and just pick him apart. This main event doesn't doesn't. Doesn't look like the winner's going to score 100 points unless there's a first round knockout. So with the amount of ownership that's going towards <coughs> the five rounder, I'm going to be very, very light on it. On a 14 fight card, this would be different if it was a 10. If it's a 10 fight card, I'd be like, okay, now did, you have to get, you have to get some, you got to get some of these people, right? You need six winners out of the 10 fights. Then now you have 14 fights. So people would rather play Volkov than play some than Ode Osborne or Joe Selecki or even Molino, Molina and Trezano. It's like compared to the ownership, it's like I, I'm not that scared of the main event. 
outside the first round, right? Out, outside of the first round, especially for Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck is, go, is going to be, I mean, I suspect based on this and just simply, uh, you know, logic, it's going to be the, the highest owned underdog. The highest owned underdog, I think the, the ownership on the underdog is going to be Rosenstruck one, Munoz two, De Silva three. And I don't know what's going on with Moskarov. Askar Moskarov is facing Menefield. That's going to be a very popular fight. The menefield Moskarov fight, that's the fight that's least likely to go the distance, right? Most likely to end in the first round. And uh, Menefield's line has, has shot up uh, that we now that we learned that Askar Moskarov like fudged his record. Uh, so he like he started at like 27 and five or something, and now he's 19 and 12. Apparently, people looked into it, and his record on the regional scene or whatever the hell he's been fighting. Uh, some of the fights didn't exist. Some of the fights just simply didn't exist. And some of the fights that supposedly he won, he lost. Uh, does that change his skill set? No. So, but I mean, the Benedict, he's not as, on paper, he's not as good of a fighter as uh, as originally thought. So the line has, has moved significantly in Menefield's favor. But Moskarov, it's, I mean, he, he's fought before. And he's, he's more of like a round one or bust type of, you know, not, he's either going to knock you out or he's going to get his, he's going to get knocked. I'm not sure what his ownership's going to be. He should be a decently owned underdog for his round one knockout potential. I don't know if he's going to be 26% owned, but I know it's going to come down. I know this Menafield ownership, this 30% is going to be 40%. And I just don't know how that's going to affect Askar Moskarov. I think it's more likely that some of this ownership on Moskarov goes to Munoz, goes to De Silva, maybe goes to some Zuma Gulov, like something like, like Zuma Gulov will be a, a little like the, the fourth most owned dog on the slate. Because no one's going to, no one wants to play Jeff Molina. Like Jeff Molina and Michael Trezano are going to be the low owned players in, in the nine plus K range. Okay, so if we go to my, my sheet, I put in the, the RG ownership, projection, whatever. And I also put in this. And if some of the odds have changed. I updated this uh, late last night. Because we can see here that the Menafield line really moved. I, I'm, what I try to do is based on salary. See, I put in the projection here. So this is the RG projection. And this is the RG ownership. But I, based on the RG projection, or based on whatever projections I put in here and whatever ownership and everything that I put in here, because I aggregate from a crowd, uh, around the industry, to try to come up what, with what, if I take this away, for instance, and take that away. So I'm going to tr try to come up. What's what's the efficient ownership? I, approximately, approximately the efficient ownership based on the betting lines, based on everything. Now, in a perfect world, the salaries would be efficient, right? The salaries would be efficient, and the ownership would be efficient. So these rate this rating should go down at like a scale. Right, so it should start at like around one and end at around a half, or even like 0.6 actually, right? Because it's not, it's 9,500, 9,600 to 6,600. It's like a 40% drop. Okay, so what I try to do is that I try to within six, you need 600% ownership in total, and then you put that in and you try to make it so you're getting. So if I put this down to 18, see now this that comes up to 103 right? 44, something like that, 
right? Try to scale it down. 43. And obviously the higher I put in the ownership on a fighter, the lower the rating gets because the rating is comparing it to the ownership, right? So if we put in, we want the highest priced fighter to have the highest rating and the lowest priced fighter have the lowest rating and then scale it accordingly. So the fighter above it should have a higher rating than the one below it. And then you try to get the equal 600 total. So that's what I tried to do. Now, obviously I updated it yesterday. So some of these numbers were going to change a little. But we go here, 11, 0 0.55, 0 0.56, 0 0.60, 0 0.62, 0 0.69. It's a little too high. So we raise Almeida's ownership to kind of get within the scale. Let's go to 19, maybe something like that, 19. This is 0 0.67, 0 0.67. Lower the ownership there to 0 0.69, 0 0.70. I guess you can see what I'm doing. Okay, so 0 0.67, too low. So lower the ownership, so it's now a little bit higher. 0 0.72, 0 0.70, 0 0.7, 0 0.22. Rosenstruck, I have to raise a little, so I have to lower his ownership. Okay, that looks good. All right, just on the scale, right? So I'm going up. 74, 75, 78, 80. 79. So you're going to drop this Karina Silva's ownership down a little. Maybe 21, just to get within the scale. Herrig, up a little. Down a little here to get up to 84. 88 is a little too high for Gravely. So I have to raise his ownership so that number comes down. All right, you'll see what I'm doing here. Benoit Saint Denis, 28. What does 27 look like? It has to come down a bit. 91. I'm trying to adjust now. I mean, this is this is blunt. This is a blunt methodology. There's, there's no there's no science to this whatsoever. 20. Okay, this this is looking decently enough. 24. Is it close? Am I close, Joe Selecti? Do I have to bump down? 21. It's something like this. I'll fix it a little bit later. But this only comes out to 584, so you'd have to find a way to bump this up, right? Just make it so that all the fighters have a very similar, like, point per dollar for the, the rating, right? And that that is what you can you could bluntly use as what, like, efficient ownership is, right? Now, obviously, the more scientific way to do this is to you're running simulations, right? You're running combinations. What lineups go together with what lineups, right? 50, how many 50K lineups are in the contest? How many 49.9K lineups? How many, what's the duplication factor of every lineup? Like that, that takes a lot more and more computer power, a lot more programming skills to do that. Me, I do it the blunt way, right? So looking through this, right? I look at the efficient ownership. You could, you could do this yourself. The efficient ownership versus what the actual ownership is going to be. Right, so what what is our projected ownership? If we go here, I'll grab it. Right, made a copy. So I'll put this in here, paste. Right, and I even put this in this column. This is my own personal ownership that I haven't done yet, but just to show the disparity. 
So we project Blanchfield to be 31% owned. Her efficient ownership should be 18 based on based on based on these betting lines and rates. Okay. Now, is she going to be 31%? I don't think so. I think she'll end up being like more like 24%, but still probably over-owned. Right? Damon Jackson, efficient ownership, 44%. We even projected for 41. So even though he's the highest owned, projected owned fighter, he at 41%, based on this, he will be under-owned. Right? Evloev is about efficiently owned. Fakradinov is a little slightly over-owned based on our projected ownership. Like Trezano, for instance. Trezano is going to be under-owned. But, I mean, he's, we haven't projected to 12%. He should be 17. Should he be 40? No. Trezano, is, Trezano and Molina are not very likely to have 100 points, but you never know. They could knock someone out. It could happen. So this is what I do. This, I mean, this is, this, is the, this, is, this is what this sheet does, essentially. Because people uh, send me DMs of, like, hey, can, you, can you share your sheet? Right? But... Like, number one, I can't give you the exact formulas or you'll have the exact numbers, which means then you'll end up having my exact lineups. And in a, in a large field GPP, I don't, want, I don't need duplication. You're more likely to get to my, my lineups just by, just by who I'm under and who I'm over on, right, and just doing this process. You'll, you'll get to the same place. There are plenty of people that play MMA that, you, that have adopted my methodology and typically, when I'm like, I'm playing 150 lineups, and I'm going to be over the field on Nicholas Stolzeg, most likely they are also, right? Like, like you come to the same place. This is not complicated to do. You're essentially using the betting lines and using some projection source from just a, a baseline median projection to come up with and compare to what the projected ownership of players are. And if a, play, if, if a fighter is under-owned, you'll have more of them. If a fighter's over-owned, you'll have less. If we take take a look here, if I take away the efficient ownership, just based on Roto-Grinder's ownership, we could see here, we just based it on this. Obviously, I do my own. You'll see, you'll see the rating change and these colors change. So you'll see here, based on this, the most, oh, most under-owned fighters are going to be highlighted in green, right? Michael Trezano at 12%. So he should be 17. Menefield at 30% because he should be 40. I think he's going to be more closer to 40. Right? We have that. We, I mean, even, even Joe Selecki is a little under-owned for his price. And then we go down to the bottom. It's like, okay, Mikolitis under-owned. Well, even Argu Argoetta and Aldrich are under-owned. I mean, they're very low probability. They shouldn't be five and six percent owned. They should be more like eight to ten percent owned. We have Stolze, under owned, right? This, I mean, you could see it right here, under owned. And let's see, uh, Botelio maybe under owned by a little bit. We go here, Adeshev, uh, barely, just based on color. And who's over owned? Blanchfield over owned, right? In comparison to other fighters, Volkov heavily over owned. Right, Saint Denis looks pretty. In comparison to fighters underneath them, overowned. Kavlakevich overowned. Munoz, over, well, Munoz not as bad. But then we get down to some 69, 67, 63. Alex De Silva at twenty three percent, very overowned. Danny Egag at eleven percent would be overowned. Right, you could just do this. 
Now, is that the, the best projected ownership? Not necessarily. Better than nothing. The RG projected ownership, which you can get as part of uh, the combo premium. Go sign up, click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. It's just one of my sources. And also, I just listen to stuff around the industry and I could see like, okay, Plantsville's not going to be 31% owned. She's going to be more like 24, right? Damon Jackson's going to be more like 44. Evlo Evs is going to be more like 20, right? You got, and that, that's, that's, my, that's my JC column here in the projected ownership, which is weighted like at 40% in comparison to the other sources. So I've not filled that out yet. I still, I still have more stuff to listen to and read. Like right? there's not that much MMA content, but uh, I, I like seeing what, what people are saying across the industry and that kind of skews things because projections don't matter as much. But I also look at multiple projection sources and I'll run that through lineup HQ. I'll run multiple projection sources through lineup HQ and go who's coming up more than others just based on their median projection. Should you be playing MMA that way? Probably not, but people do. So I'll, I'll grab a projection source. I'll go, I'll go, I mean, I could do this with the, the RG projections right now. If you're just going to go simply based on median, on medians, which I don't think you should even bother doing in MMA. We could do that right now, right? So most people are going to use 49.5 plus, okay? Right? I'm, I'm not, but most people, 49.5 plus, right? One unit at 300, let's, go, let's put it on 150. No range of outcomes, whatever, everything's fine. Now, I can't appear in the same lineup. And just based on median lineups, let's, let's, let's see what shows up. And I have to modify my player pool by putting in zeros. So if you just went by median projection and you played 150 lineups, that one unique, right? You just said, oh, I just want to play as much as the, the best plays possible. What do your lineups look like? Because this will affect ownership. You can't say that some, some fighter is going to be 30 plus percent owned and then shows up in 2% of lineups when you run 150. Right? So, like, look, Damon Jackson, Rosenstruck, Zuma Guloff, Menafield, St. Denis. Right? You take, you, take a look, you take a look through this. This is just based on median, median outcome. That's why, like, Stolze, you barely get him. Yet, I'm going to have a lot of them. Right, so who's not here? Like, here we go. Frack Renadinoff or whatever his name is. 31%. Oh, look, Blanchfield. Blanchfield's only getting 10% of Blanchfield. Because Jackson obviously has a better projection than Blanchfield. That's why Blanchfield's uh, ownership of 31% seems high. Right? Yeah, I know Molina is going to be lower. I know Trezano is going to be lower. But Selecki. Is he really going to be 20-something percent owned? Maybe not. Maybe he's going to be more like 16% owned. And you look towards the top, and it's like, is Zuma Gulov going to be 21% owned or more like 26% owned? Right, because I look here, and I go, where's Moskarov? Moskarov isn't even here in the top 150 lineups, if you go by median. Yeah, because his median probably sucks, because he's a round one or bust type of guy. Right, he's either going to put up 100 points in the first round or get killed. So his median is going to be pretty low. He doesn't show up that much. So maybe he's not going to be 26% on. Maybe he's going to be more like 18% on. You could do that. You could do, I mean, just do this with other projection sources also. 
Because people are going to play it that way. They're going to they, people are going to come to to MMA DFS and try to play like NBA DFS by looking at at, at median projections, not realizing that like none of these guys score these these points. When does Menefield put up sixty nine points? Like when that that is that even a part of his range of outcomes? Menefield is either going to put up ninety plus or he's going to get killed himself. It's going to be one of the two. He's not scoring sixty. This fight's likely not going to go three rounds, and even in a decision, he probably scores more than that. So, like, when does he score 69 points? Johnny Munoz, 58. I guess that, that's why he's a wrestler, so it's a little bit more of a likely outcome. But some of these guys, like, when, when, when do they score these points? Lucas Almeida, 47 points. When does he score 47 points in a fight? He's probably going to, he's either going to knock out Trezano in the, in the beginning, or he's going to score, like, 28 points and a loss. He's, re- he's rarely ever going to score 47 points. That's why you can't use these medians as, as it means something. You need the whole range of outcomes. So, like, that's why that's why I replaced the medians with my ratings. I think it's more more likely that you'd be using ownership to build your lineups than the but the actual median projection, right? You replace you replace the FPTS column with the ownership column, and then you just say, I don't want the highest the, the ownership sum lineups. I want the lowest ownership sum lineups. That seems more more usable. I just want to, get to show you a little bit behind the scenes of the process because you can build this type of sheet yourself. This isn't this isn't this isn't rocket science. This is it's seriously, it's seriously not. This type of sheet that I build. I mean, look. Obviously, you have the names of the fighters and the salaries, right? You have the win odds, money line odds, the inside the distance odds, and the round one odds. Okay, you could get that from Best Fight Odds, right? FightOdds.io. You could get that from anywhere. Get it, get it from whatever, whatever sportsbook you want to. Doesn't matter, right? And then the P's are the probabilities. So they're basically converting that number into a percentage. That's all that is. Well, how do I do that? Well, I mean, you can just uh, Google. You could Google the formula. Right, Google the Excel formula to convert money line pro- to an implied probability. You, you can just Google it, right? It's, it, I mean, not that hard in Excel, but you you can Google it, and you put that in. So you turn that into percentage. Then you have a notes column, which you don't need, but I just you know five round heavyweight women's fight whatever. Then you have ownerships, right? For whatever sources you want, it's just one whatever your own doesn't matter. And then a column to average all of those or weight them in whatever way you want. So you get one number. And then you have the projections, right? So RG projections here. Two other projection sources there. Here's the average. Here's another metric that I use. Then these numbers over here, these red, you know, the win, win, win leverage, ITD leverage, round one leverage, all, it, all that is, is, is dividing that number, this probability by the ownership number. That's it. That's all that is. Nothing special about that. And then this rating is a mix of all of these numbers, the leverage numbers, the project average projection, this OFI number, and some amount of weighting to get that number. Now, what, what the exact weighting is, I change on a slate-to-slate basis because depending on the size of the slate, it it the weighting mat that like I don't care that on a 14 fight card, I don't I don't I don't care if people win fights. 
78 points from Jeff Molina winning a fight doesn't do me any good. Now on a 10 to 11 fight card, the winning, winning, just simply winning means more, right? So on larger cards, I'm going to weight round one finishing potential much higher than on smaller cards where if you just get six winning fighters, you're pretty good. But whatever weight you want to do, do it. But that's all that is. Then this this is what I put in action after. This is actual ownership. So the, essentially, once once the slate locks, I see what the actual ownership, and I put the actual ownership here, and I make the rating calculation again. What the actual rating goes based on, you know, everything's based on projected ownership. So this will show me, like, where I was wrong on ownership. So it's like, if Blanchfield, uh, you know, if I had the ownership on Blanchfield at 24%, and she came in at 14%, her rating should have been way high, and I probably should have had more. So that's the type of thing that will show that. And Kickstart says, no audio or just me. I'm not, I, I don't know. I've, I've, seen, I've seen no complaints. Steve has says, told me everything's fine. We're almost done anyway. Kind of a mess of a show, right? Late technical difficulties, right? My window's moving around all over the place. Okay, but I mean, if you have any questions in the chat, in the YouTube chat about the MMA slate, and this is this is the free MMA content for you. You should play this late. This is a, this is it's one o'clock in the afternoon. You don't have to you don't have to stay up very late, right? But everything will be over by seven seven ish, something like that. I'm not used to that. And is it, it, I mean, this is in Vegas, right? Or they, did they go to Europe? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. But, but that's what the sheet is. Like people act like I'm, I'm putting together, you know, some type of complex thing. Like that's all this is. And then I use these ratings in the fantasy points column in lineup HQ. Because they owe, are they already factor in the ownership? So it allows me to see what the highest leverage lineups are. So for instance, let, let me let me show you. Like based on these numbers right now, right? Obviously they're going to change. I only have one source in an episode. So I'm going to I'm going to download this. comma separated value. Right? I'm going to download it. MMA odd sheet. So I'm going to show you what happens when you put it in as as the rating. So let me open this up. I got to change the name of the column because the rating column needs to change to FPPS. And my computer's running slow. Okay, there we go. Only because I didn't have Excel up previously. Right, that's what happens when your computer restarts and everything then everything gets thrown off. Okay, so I'm going to change that rating column to FPPS and save. And then I'm going to import that into here, right? I get rid of my old one, confirm, remove, confirm, remove. And you can upload as many as you want. You could upload different sources, right? You could weight them differently. But I'm gonna upload this right here. I'm just gonna put in my custom projections there, use for fantasy points. So there you go. The ownership still stays the same. I mean, I could I could change that column also. So now based on these these numbers that I currently have on my sheet, which are which is not done yet, right? It's just I want to highlight the fact that this may not end up this way as far as numbers wise. 
So based on this, based on price, I'm going to get Trezano. Like what, what would be the highest leverage lineup? Okay, if we wanted to find that. Well, who are the five highest leverage lineups? So we're going to room the salary down to whatever, right? Let, let's do five lineups. Five lineups, one unique player, doesn't matter. No stacking. So based on that rating on the sheet that we currently have, the highest leverage lineup is Trezano, Menafield, Jackson, Selecki, Mikolitis, Aldridge. Total 5.83, the highest leverage lineup, right? It's probably going to have Trezano and Menafield, right? Here's another one, right? Because it's just like the highest rating. How do you fit in the most amount of rating into one lineup? I mean, that's kind of what lineup HQ does. It's a knapsack problem. But instead of using fantasy points and median fantasy points, it's using my rating number. So I know that the higher the rating, so for instance, if I were to build uh, if lineup like, uh, let's see, let's go to a low rated. If I, put this, if I put this in on the sidebar, this should come in. Okay, 0.85. Okay, good. We get this. So let's say I put in this and some low rated guys. Volkov with 7,600 remaining, 63, 8,600. Let's see. Do we have anyone for St. Okay. So this lineup on the side, 49.9. Rating, total rating is 4.57. Now compare that to these lineups. Right, this lineup would would be low leverage. Right, I'm playing all the I'm playing all these fighters in in my lineup that I have is over owned. These are under owned in total. Doesn't mean this is a bad lineup. Just means for leverage purposes, this lineup over here at five point eight three total is much higher leverage than five four point five seven. Probably I don't even get down to these. It's the type of thing. If I'm going to play over-owned fighters in my lineup, let's say I did want to play. Like, who are the most over-owned fighters that I have on my sheet right now, which may not end up that way. Right, Blanchfield, 0.85. Blanchfield and Volkov. But it doesn't mean I can't make Blanchfield and Volkov lineups. Right? So if I lock in Volkov and I lock in Blanchfield, in order for me to get a high high rating... It's going to jam in the higher, it's probably going to get Menafield, right? I'm going to make up for the lack of leverage with the other fighters. So here's 5.39, right? So I have to play an 8% on Michaelitis and a 5% on Argueta against Jackson in order to make up and play Trezano at 12% and get to 5.39. So that's what my rating is doing. It's not telling me who the best fighters are. It's not. It's telling me who are the fighters that are over-owned and who are the fighters that are under-owned. And what, typically you're going to play more of the under-owned fighters. But it makes sure that it balances out my lineups. So if I do have Blanchfield in a lineup, it's with lower-owned. If, if I have an over-owned fighter in the lineup, I need to get even more under-owned stuff in there. And that's, and that's what Lineup HQ will do for me if I put the rating, which already accounts for ownership, into the fantasy points column. So that's what I'm doing. People, a lot of people have, have DM me and said, oh, you like this guy and you like that guy. They're, oh, your model tells you that 
that Stolze is going to do well. My mouth doesn't say anything about the results of any type of fight. Doesn't say who's going to do good or not. This had nothing to do with this whatsoever. All this is doing is based on the betting lines and projections. Who's over-owned and under? That's it. For their probabilities. That's it. That's all it does. So when I say that on the expert survey that Damon Jackson is my overall top play on the slate, yeah, well, he's the biggest favorite. He's the second highest ITD line. He's he's facing he's facing a, a, a guy that's uh, on a late replacement, making his UFC debut, and his projected ownership is forty one percent. And I have him that he should be higher than that. So even though he's the chalkies, he's the highest owned player. He probably should be a slightly higher than that. So like there, he's the top player. Do, do I know if he's going to win? Well, he's going to win what eighty seven percent of the time. <laughs> that's all I know. He's going to win inside the distance 59%. Well, is that going to happen tomorrow? I have no idea. Based on these odds, he should be slightly higher than 41%, right? And then based on these odds, Volkov should should not be 32%. Based on these odds, Rosenstruck shouldn't be 38%. He should be 30%, but he shouldn't be 38%, right? But it's like, oh, I'm going to be I'm going to be probably be under on Rosenstruck tomorrow. Does that mean I he can't go and knock knock someone out in the first round? No, I, I, I'm. It doesn't happen enough of the time that he should be thirty eight percent on. But you tell me Rosentruck is going to be fourteen percent on tomorrow, and I'll have a ton of them. So this sheet does not have anything to do with like who's what, what's going to happen. It's not predicting anything. Josh Shocks in the in the YouTube chat says I need to win a million maker so I can become the third largest exotic animal exporter. In the Western world. That seems like a weird goal. The third large, not the largest, right? With a million, you couldn't be the largest, the third largest. Why? I, 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 I hope he's joking. I hope he's joking. Well, there's no Millie makers in MMA. There was during COVID. There was like one or two. Just no, because there was nothing else going on. And everyone was just going to play whatever is available. But give you a little breakdown into the process. You can build your own process just like this in MMA. This is not just, this is, this is, it's not hard. Trust me, it's not hard. You're still, you're still going by DFS fundamentals of probability versus payout, expected value, right? It's the type of stuff that I talk about in the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. It applies to any sport, right? So all this this concept that I'm using in MMA applies to baseball, applies to football, applies to anything. Now, it's easier to apply. It's easier to break down for MMA because, well, we have 28 fighters and there's no fight-to-fight correlation. And the negative correlation is easy. It's don't play two fighters from the same fight, right? One wins, the other doesn't. It's, it's, it's easy. You could do, You could do the same process in golf. But no correlation, very limited. Obviously, there's weather waves and stuff like that. But also, there's also 156 golfers. Good luck making a spreadsheet with 156 golfers and do it manually like this. You can. You can. And then but once you get to baseball and basketball and football, the team sports, it's not as binary. But it's just, the concepts still apply. What is the probability of X? How much do you get paid for that? And is the field off from that dynamic? 
That, that, is, that is the fundamental concept of all of DFS. It's a lot of obfuscation, obfuscation inside of like lineups and correlation. I mean, there's 50 variables involved. That's essentially what you're doing. Is this, I'm going to build a lineup. Your goal is to build a lineup that has a higher chance of winning first place or whatever than other lineups in the contest, right? That's it. Just the probability. And then you're getting paid more than you should on that line. Even it may not happen that often. You're doing the same in MMA. You're doing the same in any sport. So click on that, uh, click on the thumbs up button, right? Thumbs up or thumbs down because of the technical difficulties and the lateness. I think the YouTube algorithm doesn't care if it's a bunch of thumbs downs, right? But thumbs up if you can, right? Show you some stuff, MMA stuff. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. You'll, you'll hear, if you want more, we did an hour and 45 minutes on the Ground and Pound podcast. Uh, there's a video. I don't even know if you need the video, but you could get it through the RG app on your phone, or you could watch it on, on, on the website. We went through that. The expert survey for MMA should be coming out today at some point. Uh, H3 Buddha, Mike, has a, has a breakdown article coming out today. So we have all the MMA stuff for you, and I'll be doing this for every card. Right? It's not this is not just a one-time thing. So if you sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, click on that link in the description, get ten dollars off your first month. I'll be there. I'll be I'll be I'll be part of the MMA team. And it's I don't I don't do much premium. I've rarely done premium content at RG. Most of my stuff is free. Right. And a lot of people say my stuff shouldn't be free, but it is. But that's 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 behind the paywall. Uh but as, as always on Fridays, I will be talking about MMA. Mondays is always like general day, get James McCool on. And then Tuesday through Thursday is whatever the hell's going on, right? Baseball, football, basketball, whatever happens to be going on. So that, that's, what, that's what we're doing now. If, you're, if, you, if you came here, right, after, especially after my vacation, and you're like, well, I don't know what the hell's going on. Why aren't you talking about baseball? Fridays are MMA now. So we're kind of promoting that. Then MMA over the past two years, I've gotten, you know, Good prize pools, 100K to first, 100K to first, 100K to first. It used to be, people tell me like four or five years ago, it was 30K, 20K to first. Then then finally, they were getting up to 50K. It's like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. Now it's like consistently 100K to first most weeks. And on the the, the pay-per-view cards, it's 150 or 200,000 first. So MMA is picking up and, uh, and it's not that difficult to play. Like if you want to play a large field GPP, if you want to play single entry even to build a lineup, I mean, you could use Roto-Grinders Premium and just look at the expert survey, look at some of the projections and ownership, do a little bit, look at best fight odds and do a little like my sheet is, not even that complex, and go, okay, and build a lineup. Like 30 minutes, you could build a lineup. Five minutes, you could build it. Hey, as long as you're not stacking fighters and you're using like 49.5 plus of your salary and you're playing smaller field stuff, yeah, I mean, you can pick anyone you want, pretty much, right? So it's not that hard. It's not that hard to play MMA. So click on that thumbs up button. Click on the subscribe button if you're new here. Click on the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders Live later today. Grinders Live, they'll be talking about the MLB slate. We went 12, 12 games slate tonight. 12 games slate. Crunch time is directly after that, which is free all season to you. Presented by FanDuel. Uh, live locks, Grant show on the uh, on the Sports and Odds channel. There's also a special uh, FanDuel strategy video that we come out with uh, for, for premium members every week uh, on, on Fridays. And, uh, and well, we got playoff content, right? I don't think they're not playing tonight, right? I think tomorrow, right? The Warriors-Celtics 
And then they're putting up big contests. Wasn't there like a million maker yesterday? I mean, what didn't win a million? I think first place split and it was like 32,000 or per or whatever. So if you, we got playoff stuff, we got all the stuff you want here at Roto Grinders. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you. Have a, have a good weekend. Have a good MMA card. Don't dupe me if you can. Don't dupe me. And I will see you on Monday to answer your DFS strategy questions like I always do on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>